Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Baker and this is Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas and I want to share that with every mom I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Have you heard about how we are changing the story for moms? Mama Fund is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing products, services, and education to moms in need. So check us out at mamafund.org. All right, welcome to the show today, Shelly. Thank you for joining us, Shelly. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited and so nervous. <laughs> well, don't be nervous. You're going to do great. Um, forgive. <laughs> <laughs> well, forgive my voice. I apparently um, can't hang out with my dad anymore because he took me to a dueling piano bar, and now I feel like I can't talk. But your dad sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. It was a good time. Um, All right. So, Shelly, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I am 30 years old, which sometimes I have to think about. Isn't that weird? Like, I feel like once you hit 30, you're like, wait, how old am I? I can't remember. Uh, I have a seven month old little boy. His name is Ryan. I am married to my husband, Matt. We've been married for, gosh, it'll be. This is going to be bad because I'm not positive. I think it's our five-year anniversary in October. <laughs> I'm well, not congratulations. one of those women who's like, yeah, I'm like the one who would forget, not him. Um, kind of like the opposite of what you would think. Usually the husband forgets. No, not on our end. He's the organized one. I'm the hot mess. So yeah, <laughs> five years in October. Let's see. I I don't ever know how to explain like what I do for a living, which I think you totally understand. I I am a stay-at-home mom. I am a podcast host. I am an author. I am a YouTuber and a dog sitter and a boutique owner. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I do. (laughs) You just do everything. That's why I kind of follow my passions. Yeah. That's why the title of mom fits you really well because you just do it all. (laughs) You do it all. I know when people ask, I'm like, um, I don't know. And then it ends up being really awkward because I try to explain it all. But no, I, oh, I hear you through and through with that girl. It is hard <laughs> to explain it for sure. Um, yeah. okay. So how long have you been running your podcast? Let's see. I think I started December of last year. So December, 2018. And I want to say actually it was like midway through December. Okay. Um, so what is that? December, January, February, March, April. <laughs> I have to count on my fingers. <laughs> Almost a year. You're saying this yeah, December, um, it'll be one year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you are killing it, by the way. You're doing really oh, awesome. Thank you. And I think it goes thank to you. show that when you follow your passion or you follow what's in your heart or what you want to do to better the world, only good things can come. Um, yeah. And I, I never knew that that would be my path to like before, before the the whole motherhood journey, like this wouldn't have even crossed my mind that this is what I would be doing is talking about just like life after miscarriage. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, well, I hear you on that. I never thought I'd have a podcast and definitely didn't know I'd be talking about the challenges of motherhood because I thought it was super easy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's take us to before you started life after miscarriage. So walk us through your journey to having Ryan. Yeah. So I always thought that I would have kids before 30. Uh, and then I hit 28 and I was like, oh shit. I <laughs> haven't even, the thought hadn't even like crossed my mind. We had been married for about three years and it was almost this like, okay, we better get on it. <laughs> like I knew I wanted to be a mom, but it just never really, I never really felt ready. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if you ever really do feel ready for it, but originally when we decided to start, we started off like super chill, just like, okay, well, we know we want kids, but we're not in any hurry. So we'll pull the goalie and, you know, we'll just kind of <laughs> nice. see what happens. Yeah. Um, but it, it ended up happening pretty instantly. Um, we pulled birth control. I think it was like halfway through the month of July. So I kind of already missed the July window, even though I didn't really know that because like you forget everything that you learned in in health class back in high school. I'm like, I didn't really know anything about the fertility window and whatnot until I got later, later on through my, (laughs) my process. But so July was kind of out of the question. And then we got pregnant in August and just the timeline bear with me because it's like, I don't know, a lot happened in that year of us trying to conceive. And um, yeah, we found out we were pregnant in August and I'll never forget that, like that holy crap, Mm-hmm. We're gonna do this type of excitement. I, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. And I, I really didn't realize that I was never gonna get that feeling back either. It kind of only happens that like first time. Yeah. But um, we ended up losing that pregnancy just mm-hmm. a few weeks later. So I was six weeks when we lost that pregnancy, and it was devastating. Like I was totally heartbroken, but at yeah. the same time, I, I felt like okay, you know this is, this happens. Like, that's what the doctors told me. Like, this is one and four, this happens. Um, and I kind of was like one and done. Like, at least we got that out of the way almost. I don't, I don't mean to be like nonchalant, but like that yeah. first one, it, it sucks, but you also have a lot of hope moving forward. Right. Um, and one thing that I'm like super grateful for about that miscarriage, which I know that sounds really weird, like grateful and miscarriage just usually don't go hand in hand. But I had mentioned that I wasn't sure and I wasn't feeling ready to be a mom. That moment made me realize that I really did want to be a mom. Yeah, that's Um, And I wanted to be a mom like now. (laughs) So the chillness kind of like went out the window. And I always say the crazy is real after miscarriage. (laughs) Like you just kind of go a little loopy. Um, But we got pregnant again the following month, actually. So really fast again. And we lost that baby just a few days after finding out, which... Um, doc, doctors term chemical pregnancy. I say that with like quotations because I just hate that term. Uh, to me, it makes it kind of sound like it's not real. Uh, but that positive pregnancy test, like I started daydreaming, you know, if it's a boy yeah. or girl, what the nursery is going to look like. Like I went on Pinterest and started just like pinning stuff and yeah. started, you know, wondering who the little human inside me was going to be all the normal things that go through your mind when you find out you're pregnant, those were all very real. So like chemical pregnancy, I don't know. I just don't like the term because even my husband was like, oh, so you weren't really pregnant. And I'm like, fuck you. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, let it out. Let's, 
Fuck you. Yes, I was. Um, I'd never totally. heard of a chemical pregnancy before. So they're saying like, yeah. you had a false positive or what are they saying? No. So that's what I mean. Like it just, it, the term sounds like you weren't actually pregnant, but really it's just an early miscarriage. Okay. So Man. I don't know why they term it chemical pregnancy, but to me, it's just like, I feel like that just sounds like, oh, well, you weren't really pregnant. Right. Right. Well, and it just is kind of insensitive, right? Like, I just feel like naming something like that seems a little insensitive, especially because obviously people experience more than one or Mm -hmm. they experience them later or earlier. I mean, it doesn't make a difference, right? You're still pregnant. You're still getting that. Like, I'm excited. I've got my positive. This is what I want. And then it's taken away. Yeah, everyone on here like everyone listening to your podcast is probably a mom and I'm sure they can relate to those feelings of like, when you find out you're pregnant, when you get that positive pregnancy test, you instantly change. Oh yeah. Like you instantly become a mom. Um, and so it, it's very real, even if it ends early. Uh, For so sure. yeah, that one ended just a few days after finding out. And then January 1st of 2018, we found out we were pregnant for the third time. Uh, and I actually felt really good about this one because it was kind of like January 1st, like new year, new mm-hmm. me, fresh start. <laughs> you know, like, I was yeah. like this is it. Um, but a week later, we lost that baby as well. So at this point, my mind kind of started to kind of wander and be like, okay, are we even going to be able to have children in the first place? You know, I went was- from not really feeling ready to like, really feeling ready and kind of like is this even gonna happen type of a thing um which then you know was there any explanation as to why you were having miscarriages or was it just no not really um so after your after your third loss that's when like the medical world starts to take you seriously which is just crazy to me that it takes three losses before they're like okay let's do some testing Um, And we went through the whole testing process and everything came back very normal, which is a really weird feeling, too, because you're like, oh, good, like nothing's wrong. You know, like you don't want anything to be wrong with you. But at the same time, you just like don't have answers then. So you kind of just have to keep playing that like Russian roulette with your life and your babies and your mind because your mindset is like. Oh gosh, I'm telling you, the crazy is real. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, you started life after miscarriage because now you're talking January 1st, 2018, right? Oh no, you started December 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, wait, I'm trying to think. Again, my timeline is no, so that's okay. I'm crazy. I'm only like yeah. a third way through my Americano. So wait till the end of this <laughs> podcast and then I'll be able to recall everything you just said. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm like, wait, well, did I have this miscarriage in 2017? No, it was 2018. <laughs> okay. So, wait, yeah. So, no, I had not started the podcast yet because I started December. Yeah, 2018. Okay. okay. So. All right. So you've had your third. You're feeling obviously blue. There's no results that are saying why this is happening. So now you try for your fourth, you try your fourth time. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's like people started to ask a lot of questions. Like, are you going to adopt? Are you going to do surrogacy? Like all of those things, which I just have to throw out there. Like, don't say that to anybody going through infertility unless they're saying it themselves. And I'm like all for those ways of motherhood. Like, don't get me wrong. Like if it would have come down to that, that definitely would have been something that 
we would have talked about and my husband and I did talk about it in privacy um but when other people bring it up it's like very discouraging because it's like okay you clearly don't have hope for me I'm trying to have hope for myself (laughs) well and like you have to kicking you when you're down for sure and I'm sure their intentions are like we just want to help you solve this problem but you're kind of like wait a second I but I want to solve it this way still so like let's not talk yeah. about all these other options just yet. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So yeah, we, we go through all the testing, all the questions from everybody. Cause at this point, everybody knows where we're trying to get pregnant. Cause we've had, you know, we've been pregnant three times and I'm somebody who can't hold secrets. And I just tell everybody when I'm pregnant. Um, and we end up getting pregnant for the fourth time I think it was in May maybe yeah May and we ended up losing that pregnancy I believe a week later yeah a week later so what are you thinking at this point like oh gosh I was numb I think I was numb yeah and I cried and then I got over it and then I kind of just felt like the girl who cried wolf almost like, mm. like I'm pregnant, just kidding. I'm not like, it was ridiculous and super lonely and probably the darkest time of my life. Yeah. Um, but we did then get referred to a reproductive endocrinologist and um, they just dig a little bit deeper, you know, into, you know, you have your OBGYN and they do everything they can, but when you go see a specialist, they're just able to kind of like come up with a, in my eyes, a better game plan. And at that point she actually put me on thyroid medication. Um, I didn't, I wasn't like out of the norm with my levels, but there is some correlation with miscarriage and, um, your thyroid being over a 2.5 and okay. mine was a 2.7. Oh, okay. So yeah, she just wanted to lower it a tiny little bit, but technically like the normal range, I think is like, what did, I think it's like a, from, don't quote me on this, but like a one <laughs> to like a four okay. or something like that. So I was still in that normal range. So my OBGYN like wasn't concerned about it, but she being a reproductive endocrinologist was like, Hey, like last resort, let's try it. You know, right. it's not gonna, harm you. And that month we got pregnant for the fifth time, uh, which I call our lucky number five, because this is the little guy that stuck around and is now seven months old here Mm. on earth. So that's Ryan, um, which I, it's still very surreal. Yeah. You know, we went through all of that and now he's here. (laughs) Yeah. So after experiencing so many miscarriages, was your pregnancy with Ryan like joyful or did you still carry a lot of fear yeah I I hate pregnancy I hate it so Mm. much like totally don't want to get pregnant again I want another kid but I'm like dreading going through the pregnancy because my anxiety was insane and I have anxiety in general I've been on medication in the past but I came off of it actually because I was somebody who I was like I don't want to be on medication when I'm pregnant Um, I didn't know we were going to go through all of that either and that that was going to like enhance my anxiety as much as it did. So I did end up going on a low dose of Zoloft with my fifth pregnancy, which is Ryan. Um, Yeah, as somebody who 
didn't want to go on any medication. Literally, my nightstand ended up being like its own little pharmacy. <laughs> Isn't that like the beauty of motherhood, though? Like, yeah. we always are like, we would never, I would never I know, do right? this. And then you're like, crap, now I see why moms do and that. Then, and then you just have to survive. <laughs> and then you're like, I just got to do what I got to do, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had progesterone, baby aspirin, a full late prenatal uh, thyroid medication, and Zoloft. <laughs> yeah, you were like, so like probably wanting to feel comfortable and not having to worry as much as you already are about other things. I mean, you got to take care of yourself during that time. Yeah. And just goes to show you can't plan everything in life. You can't. (laughs) So yeah, we had Ryan at 38 weeks. So I was actually induced. Um, Okay. So I was induced because of my blood pressure. But we are pretty sure, including my doctor, that it was actually just like white coat syndrome from, you know, the anxiety after everything. Uh, But he and I weren't really wanting to take any chances or any risks. So at 38 weeks, we induced me. And about four hours after I was induced, Ryan popped out. And Mm. at this point, I'm all for the drugs. I got a lot of (laughs) drugs in me at all times. So I did the epidural and it was a super easy labor, actually, which I was a little terrified because I heard a lot of horror stories with induction, but it went really smooth and it was great. I was also terrified of being induced. And I was mm-hmm. so terrified of given being given like Pitocin, like it when you're in labor oh, yeah. and then somebody giving you Pitocin. Oh my gosh, I was terrified. Um, yeah. I was so thankful though to have a pretty easy labor. Again, I'm I'm with you on the drugs. Like <laughs> I, yeah. I got you those. You don't you don't get handed an award them. after a natural labor. Like, although you, just don't. <laughs> you know, although I was told that when I was pregnant. And now after experiencing just a few hours of what like early labor is like, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to make them trophies. Like, I mean, seriously, I'm they cool. deserve it. Yeah. If you want to get the drugs, girl, do it. But if you want to do it natural, I'm going to be waiting outside with a big trophy and being like, you did it. <laughs> You're cool. You're cooler than me. And I'm okay with Dude, that. It's intense. Yeah. I, I think I had contractions for like a half hour and that's it. after they gave me the Pitocin. And then I was like, I need the epidural. Get the guy in here. <laughs> yes. I remember driving to the hospital and we were passing a Mexican restaurant and there was this like pregnant lady walking across the crosswalk. And I was like, you don't even know what's coming to you, lady. Like, <laughs> I was like, you go eat your Mexican food and enjoy that because Pretty soon you're going to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> and then I was like, I probably should get the epidural. I'm very mean. And this just started. <laughs> I'm going to lose a lot of friends tonight. So I'm going to need those drugs. Yeah. And once I had the epidural, like I didn't feel a thing. Yeah. Like not a thing. Mine worked. I've heard, you know, I've heard people like, oh, it only worked on one side or, you know, like mine worked and it was great. Mine actually, so. I guess, only worked on one side, but I didn't feel pain. Like I would never be like, okay. I felt pain. I just could feel like tightness every yeah, so often. Pressure. Like that's all. It was not painful by any means. So I could like feel myself contraction contracting, but I definitely d- mm-hmm. could not feel a contraction. I feel like yeah. I would never be like, oh, I felt a contraction because I don't feel like I deserve <laughs> that. I did kind of feel it. It just was not painful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 
it's a crazy, like, I, I don't want to ever do pregnancy again. Obviously I have to, cause I want another child, but I would do labor any day, which sounds really weird. Like I just thoroughly enjoyed it and like fingers crossed that it goes as smoothly next time because I, you know, yeah, I know it doesn't, not, it's not always the same. Like it could be a totally different experience Yeah. Uh, next time, but I really enjoyed it. And um, I wrote in my ebook life after miscarriage, I mentioned that like, I wouldn't be able to breathe until I saw and heard my baby breathe. And that was mm-hmm. so, so true. And I think that that really played a role on me enjoying it so much is because like the, literally the minute they put him on my chest, I like felt myself take a deep breath and it was like his life was beginning, but so was mine in oh. like a whole new way. And like the anxiety just like released and it was the best experience I have ever had was giving labor to Ryan. I'm so glad you said that. I do. Um, I have no clue what it's like to go through like a stressful pregnancy due to mm-hmm. loss. Um, and I just, I know how overwhelming that feeling was for me. I could only imagine having, you know, loss after loss after loss and now life, just mm-hmm. the overwhelming feeling that that must be and how empowering and inspiring and also scary that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that like, I feel like miscarriage prepped me for was like the toughness of motherhood. Like mm-hmm. motherhood is actually like really hard, you know, like sleepless nights, crazy schedules, like constantly catering to somebody else. And um, miscarriage prepped me for that because miscarriage was, I have to say it was 10 times harder mm-hmm. than, than motherhood is. But I struggle with like the in-between life and I don't know if that makes sense, but like I have a hard time complaining about motherhood because Mm. I fought so hard to get here. Although like I want to complain about, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, no, like there's times where I'm like, I want to pull my hair out, but I, I feel like I'm in this in-between world where like I, I can relate to the infertility side of things and Mm. I can relate to motherhood, but I can't, necessarily fully relate to either. Right. And it's really weird. Well, and I didn't have a lot of struggle. Like my pregnancy was super easy. I got pregnant really fast. I had a really great delivery. Like everything was really good. And, um, usually I don't even talk about it because I feel I've always felt bad about that. And then obviously going into motherhood was a really dark time for me. So that's kind of when my struggle or challenge came into play. But for Mm -hmm. me, like doing this podcast, when I meet moms who have struggled to have kids and who've had kids with disabilities and have had kids who have grown up and, you know, certain tragedies have happened. I, when I listen to that, that makes it hard for me to complain. But I, but also I try to remind myself that it's okay to have a hard day. Like my, Mm -hmm. my heart is my heart. Like my, level of challenge and my level of this is difficult just might be different to another mom. And so Mm -hmm. it's okay that I have that difficult day. It's just important that I remember that in perspective, I have it pretty good, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is so hard because I, 
I totally know what you mean. Like there are moments yeah. that I'm like, I could pull my hair out. And then I'm like, but Sarah, you're so lucky. Like stop. Yeah. And I know, but then you're like, but I still want to pull my hair out. So what do I do? How do I do mm-hmm. this? I know. It's How do I handle a this? Weird, weird, like, I don't even know how to explain it. A weird spot to be in in life where you're like, you're loving something so much, but you're also like, yeah. And you're feeling really lucky, but you're also kind of feeling sorry for yourself. Yes. That is like, yes, there you go. That's like every day of my life. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so great. And then I'm like, can somebody please just recognize how hard this is? Like, gosh, yeah. this is really hard. It is. It is for really hard. Sure. But you know what? I think that that is like the beauty of motherhood because it's this really difficult thing that we do. And most moms do it really gracefully. And also they have their moments of like, no, this is really hard. Like I might be able to hold it together when my kid's having a tantrum at the store, but it's really difficult. Like inside Mm -hmm. internally, I'm really having a difficult time with this. So I just think that mothers are so awesome. Mm -hmm. When was Ryan born? What month was Ryan born in? February. February. February 11th of 2019. Okay. Okay. So you. And I always, and I get that wrong. Isn't that horrible? Um, (laughs) Like his doctors, like when I go to the doctor, I always write February 12th and then I have to cross it out. And I'm like, I feel like an awful mom. (laughs) No, no, that is hilarious. February 11th though is um, a special day. That's the day my husband proposed to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's our proposal anniversary. So that's a special day. Very cool. Um, okay. So you had already started, uh, life after miscarriage then. Yes. Okay. Your last couple months of pregnancy, you were like, I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> yeah, it, it was ridiculous and it was a lot, but it was something like I had started to actually feel, uh, that in betweenness at that point that I was explaining, like, okay. like mom, and infertility, like I was somewhere in between and I couldn't really figure, I have a huge, huge passion for bringing awareness and helping women through, you know, life after miscarriage. And I didn't necessarily feel like I could continue to tell my story because my story, my story was kind of shifting and I needed to shift with it. I couldn't continue to just like constantly be talking about the past. And so life after miscarriage was my way of doing that because life after miscarriage is other women's stories. Okay. And how do you find these moms? They actually reach out to me. Um, So I obviously going through all of my infertility, all my miscarriages, I shared along the way. So I made a lot of connections with other moms who were in a similar situation um, throughout my journey. And so when I started the podcast, I had already kind of had a lot of women that I was in contact with that have or are going through the same thing. And so that's kind of how it initially started. And since then, it just continuously grows audience wise. And I always mention like, reach out, you know, you can be on this podcast. And when somebody reaches out and thanks me for the podcast, I always make sure I mention the healing route of sharing is there for you too, if you ever want it. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't say no to anybody. I think everybody's story has a right to be heard. And so we just fit it in the schedule somehow and we get their story on. So. 
Yeah, that's good. I couldn't imagine saying no to somebody. I guess, I guess I'm not like a big podcaster, so maybe I don't have that opportunity yet, but <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Like everybody's story is so important. Yeah. And I mean, I've had moms say to me like, oh, just my story, you know, it's just kind of boring. Like, and I'm kind of like, no, it's not boring. It's your story. And yeah. I guarantee you there's thousands of moms who feel the exact same way. So by sharing it, you're, you're like helping a mom feel better that she's not the only one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can help one person, it's worth it. You yes. Know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's all worth it. Okay. So I just have a question because here you are starting a podcast. You're about to mm-hmm. give birth to Ryan. Mm-hmm. I just feel like emotionally, like the struggle of being able to keep a baby because of loss of miscarriage. And now you're all the way through this pregnancy. Like, did you have fear that, oh my gosh, what if I do this and then something happens? I could just imagine that that fear doesn't go away. So how did you handle all that? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I just, I Zoloft. (laughs) Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Zoloft. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I was on anxiety meds that definitely helped. But um, I definitely had fears and like hearing some women's stories, especially the later term miscarriages mm. and stillbirths and those sort of things I struggled a little bit with. But at the same time, I just with my story came a lot of purpose. And that's one, another thing that I'm just like super grateful for. And so I always just kept that in the back of my mind. I know that sounds really weird, but if something were to happen, I was going to be able to do something really powerful with it. Um, so that's the way that I always kind of thought about it, but obviously hoping that nothing is going to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, but I can imagine, I feel like when I hear a story about something that happened to a child later in life, it's like another mm-hmm. thing I add to my worry list, right? It's like one more oh, thing know. that I'm like, oh, great. Now, like here I am worried Grayson's going to choke on something because he's like totally at that phase where he's just, I don't know what is wrong with him, but like, gosh, the kid chokes like every day on something like food. He just can't, <laughs> I don't know. And it's terrifying and uh, it makes me so we overwhelmed. The, we have the little, the owlette sack. So I did an episode with, um, a girl who she had lost her baby to SIDS mm. and she now like raises money or I know she doesn't raise money. She um, works with Owlette and gives free Owlettes to families with newborns. Oh, that's and great. so my episode came actually very, that episode came very soon after Ryan was born. And that gave me a whole lot of anxiety, obviously, because um, I think every mom worries about SIDS. And she sent me an owlet and I'm like, can my kid wear this till he's 18? Because <laughs> like, I want to track his oxygen levels and his heart rate while he's sleeping for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. Or even when he's 35, like I could get an yeah. app. I could do it remotely. Yep. <laughs> I don't have to be right there by him. Yeah, it just uh, never goes away. I just feel like having such a um, struggle to get pregnant, struggle to stay pregnant, and then kind of just going through this like, okay, we're going to start unpacking all these emotions now before I have mm-hmm. Ryan, how that could mm-hmm. be not only healing, right? I think that you obviously saw the light of it, right? Like bigger things are going to come of this and I'm strong and I can get through whatever life throws at me. 
but just kind of like that daily unpacking of like, wow, this could happen or this has happened. And just hearing mm-hmm. that every day, it just has to be really hard to be able to yeah. kind of separate that from what you're experiencing. Yeah. And I'm actually going through a lot of the anxiety again, as we're starting to talk about baby number two, um, yeah. things are just kind of emotions and stuff are getting brought back up and the PTSD is real. And I'm like, absolutely terrified. Are you going to gonna go start trying process. soon or do you want to wait till Ryan's yeah. older? Well, we're, that's, that's something that we're struggling with. Uh, cause obviously we're not naive anymore and we know what could happen. And like, we used to be like, Oh, we'll get pregnant in the fall and then we'll have a baby. And you know, like, yeah. <laughs> well, it might not work that way. And now we know that. And so I, we go back and forth on the daily, like, should we start trying? Because what if it takes us as long as it took us last time, but then what if it doesn't? And then we have a seven month old and we're, you know, I'm pregnant. Like, I don't know. Like I, yeah, we struggle with that every yeah. single day and have that conversation every single day. And the answer changes every single day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like parenthood too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it's like? Oh, yeah. oh, that is hard. I, I wish I had an answer to help you, but. I know. I wish somebody could just be like, oh, I you're going to get pregnant. And you're not going to have any problems. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll wait a year and a half then. <laughs> yeah. That is so hard. It's hard to make that decision. I know Dustin and I are definitely like a one and done family. And yeah. uh, we knew that before we had Grayson, that was like our thing. We just wanted one. But there's definitely times when I'm like, wait a second, maybe this isn't a good idea. And so we are like constantly going back and forth. And I'm not kidding you. The data is infinite. It's like you could put down a pros and cons list and it would go three miles long, like on both uh-huh. sides. So it's like, how do you make a decision when there's so much data on both sides? And then there's also just like the other line that's like, you truly don't know. It's not really up to you. And I know who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, speaking of anxiety, I have a question. So I obviously follow Mm -hmm. you on social media and you just left Ryan for the first time. And not only were you leaving him for the first time, let me just be very clear. When I first left Grayson, it was terrible, like tears, terrible, did not enjoy it as much as I should have. And then we just left him for a second time. And I was like, bye, uh, this vacation got over way too fast. What's happening? Um, so it was a lot easier the second time. But that first time anxiety is real. And then I know you had a traumatic thing happened with like the way you had your childcare set up like the day before you left. So walk Literally us through hours. everything <laughs> that happened and how you made it through. Oh my gosh. I was holding my shit together real well. And I was like super proud of it. And I was like, I got this. Like I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to have fun with my husband. Ryan is taken care of by my parents, which like is for me is like, I, I love my in-laws and like, we're great. And they babysit all the time. But first trip away, I was like, my parents need to watch him because that's just, my mind needed that. Like that was where I was going to be good and okay. (laughs) And that was the plan. And then about like 12 hours before we left, um, my mom actually fell Oh no! And she fell on a metal planter and she ripped through her lip, crushed her jawbone and 
pushed all of her teeth back. Ugh. And yeah, so she, I know. So she was in the emergency room. She's good and everything like looks really, like really good right now. Like it healed really quickly. Um, It's not over, but she's still meeting with oral surgeons and whatnot. But yeah, that happened about 12 hours before we left. So then I had to start making phone calls and figure out a backup plan. And um, luckily our family's all really close proximity wise. So my in-laws came for the first two days and then he was going to go to my sister's. And then if my mom was feeling up to it, he was going to go back to my mom's and then my other. it was just a mess. And I was like, he's going to be jumping around. Now I need to switch up his whole packing because my mom has everything for him um, Mm. other than clothes. So that's originally all I packed for him, but everyone else in my family doesn't have the things that he needs, like, you know, a crib or pack of play and, um, you know, toys and all of, all of the stuff that he would need bath soap, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of switched up the things that I needed to do 12 hours before we left for our flight. Oh my <laughs> but my mom ended up being okay. And my in-laws took him for the first two days and then he went to my mom's. So. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, but I start. I broke down. That was the first like twelve hours before we left. I was bawling my eyes out, having a complete panic attack. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh man, I just want to tell you, I was terrified just to leave Grayson, and he had childcare all set up, <laughs> and it didn't change, thankfully. But <laughs> if that had happened, I probably just would have canceled the trip. I would have been like, nope. <laughs> cool bye go on the trip by yourself it ended up being great and like th- I, there was one point where I just like took a deep breath before we got on the flight and I was like he's with family they all love him they all care for him they will figure it out yeah like you know and that's what I told myself went on the trip had drinks we FaceTimed often often with him and it, it ended up being a really good getaway and four nights was perfect oh god um, yeah it wasn't too long it wasn't too short and it was a good reboot but nobody told me how tired I'd be coming back into reality oh yeah you're like <laughs> wait can I get a vacation from my vacation yeah seriously yeah it's exhausting because you're like so used to you almost it's like you know, it's funny. It's like when you go to sleep and you, it's like you hit REM sleep and then someone wakes you up. That's mm-hmm. kind of what vacationing after being a parent is like. Cause like you go on this vacation, takes a few days to adjust. Now you're drinking at nine. Everything's good. Like whatever. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. Someone just woke me up and I'm changing diapers and doing nap time again. Like I didn't get enough yeah. sleep. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, so you survived your vacation, so that's good. Yes. And you'll do it again because vacations for moms are very important to get your own health, Mm -hmm. your own stability. All right, what's been the most, like, challenging thing for you of being a mom that's experienced lost with Ryan? Oh, man. Um, Probably what I kind of mentioned earlier is just that feeling of this is hard, Mm. but miscarriage was harder. And I felt and do feel ungrateful for complaining or thinking that it's hard when 
I have every right to feel that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a really, it's like a battle that I face on a very like regular basis of like wanting to explain how hard my day was and then feeling like I can't. Mm. I, I do think perspective is good. I just also think, um, like it's really okay just to feel what you're feeling. Like you have Mm -hmm. to be okay with your emotions about something because it's, people will always tell you how they feel about something or what their opinion is. And I just think it's really good and healthy to be like, okay, how do I feel about this? Like, what am I doing and how do I feel about what's happening here? Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's really all that matters, you know? And, and you know what, I will tell you, this is very recent, this like whole thing I'm working on about like how I feel. And it is because Grayson is now in this age where he's transforming into a human. (laughs) Like he has opinions and knows what he likes and the terrible twos are real. And I'm um, trying really hard to embrace them. It's hard, (laughs) but I want, I want him to be okay with like what he's feeling. Mm -hmm. And so if he's feeling frustrated, I'm like, okay, like you're feeling frustrated that's cool. Like feel that. I don't know why, like, I wish I could figure out why and do this for you, but like, that's what you're feeling. And since I've seen him kind of go through these like ups and downs and he's happy and he's sad and he's, I think like, gosh, kids just have it all right. And we have it all wrong where totally they are just like so good at just wearing their emotions and having no fears. Cause they obviously don't have that sort of complex yet, but So I'm trying really hard to be like, cool, no fears. Like this is just how I feel right now. And someone else might get it or not get it, or someone else might have it worse or not have it worse. Um, But like that's, this is my emotion towards this. And I'm going to work through that. Like just me and myself and my emotions. Cause I get that. I, I struggle with that all the time. Like Grayson's a really good kid and people always like my family's always like, he's so good. What do you mean? It's hard. He's so good. And it kind of makes me feel like a lesser you're mom. You're like, you're not alone with him 24 <laughs> yeah. hours a day. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it does. It makes me kind of feel like, oh, well, gosh, I guess I'm just not very good at this because it is really hard for me. And then I have to remember like, no, no, no. Like, I'm in it. This is this is my feeling. This is how I'm feeling about this. So that's their opinion. Yeah. Let them have it. But I get to have mine too. Mm-hmm. So it's really Grayson. Yeah. All this comes from being his mom. Like I swear he teaches me more than it's I've crazy learned. what you learn, right? Society hasn't affected them yet. Right. Right. So yeah, like you said, they're doing it right. And we're just over here trying to, you know, not embarrass ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to save face all the time. Yes. Well, I will tell you when Grayson was little, probably around Ryan's age, like seven or eight months, he was obsessed with crows. I don't know why, but those were like the birds. When he would see them, he'd be like, whoa, a crow. Like not say it, but obviously his (laughs) eyes and his body and he would point and he'd be so excited about this crow. And I remember one time in the summer we were, I can't like swimming. I can't, we were doing something and it was a lot going on. And then Grayson found the one crow and was like, oh that crow, I like excited pointing at it. Like you could just tell his eyes were lighting up. And I thought that is so funny. Like to me, one, I would not even notice it. 
And two, if I did, it's sort of an inconvenience, right? Like people don't look at crows as like this beautiful bird that's flying through the air. (laughs) And I thought, oh, wow, I think I'm learning something here, which is why do we not like crow? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I have it wrong. Like maybe they really are beautiful creatures and I've just allowed this like complex of life or society to tell me how I feel when I see a crow when clearly this like super innocent, like brand new human is like, no, 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 that's pretty cool. Like you guys are missing out on this like really cool creature that's sitting right here. <laughs> um, and it just, who knew? Who right? knew a crow would teach you life lessons. Who yeah. knew? It's those things and it happens all the time. It's like trains or late ferries and things like that, that I'm like, okay, obviously we're looking at this very differently mm-hmm. now that we are a part of this society. <laughs> but when we're little tiny humans and have no clue, um, who's who it's like, no, not a big deal. Like just enjoy it. So true. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I learned that on a, on a daily. Yeah. Um, I did notice that you just recently started a daily journal. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Because I do think, I know it's geared maybe to help moms who have experienced miscarriage, but when I looked at it, I thought it was a really good um, journal just for all moms to kind of go yeah. through the day-to-day pregnancy and even motherhood. Yeah, so it's not live yet. I have had multiple rough drafts and I haven't liked them. So it is still a work in progress. I think I actually received it today in the mail to kind of like look it over and see if it's finally ready. Um, But it is a, so when you're trying to get pregnant, like there's so many apps out there and like the apps are great, but they can get very overwhelming and very confusing. And to me, like the trying to conceive process is already like confusing and overwhelming on its own. Like I said, I have anxiety. (laughs) I need to make things as simple as possible. And I'm a total pen and paper type of person. So this actually came up now that we're talking about baby number two, because I had mentioned like, it's really freaking me out. And so I was like, I need something to just like, help me get through this. And so it's a journal where you can handwrite, you know, the date, what cycle day you're on, um, if you're ovulating, if you've had sex that day, like literally like, yes, it has that and what DPO you're on. And then it has a daily affirmation for the, each day, each, you know, for three cycles. So 90 days and the daily affirmation is really, it's really based off of life after loss or, you know, trying to conceive after miscarriage because they're quotes that I personally used after we went through all of our miscarriages to just kind of like keep my head up and keep going. Um, and then there's a journaling section on the bottom and the journaling section, obviously you can write anything you want, but there are two specific questions on there. And one is what do you love about yourself today? And what do you love about your significant other today? Mm-hmm. Cause those are two things that can get very lost in the process. Um, so yeah, it's, three cycles, 90 days. And it's just to help kind of get through the overwhelming process of trying to have a baby. Yeah. And I do think, I know it's for obviously trying to get pregnant or just going through that journey, but those last two things you mentioned are my favorite. First off, I'm, I'm a sucker for quotes, love quotes. Um, if I got more tattoos, I would just have like quotes written all over me. I love right. Quotes. Me too. <laughs> um, and I like the ability to express yourself, but I do think that even after 
having a baby, maybe you had a traumatic, you know, journey of getting pregnant. Maybe you had a traumatic pregnancy or birth, but that last part of like, what do you love about yourself? And what do you love about your significant other is so important. I love that you added that in there because moms need to love themselves and they need to recognize that their partners love them too. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can say like, this is what I love about you, it helps you love them throughout the day when things get hard, which then mm-hmm. in turn helps them love you back. And yeah, I would say, reminder. yeah. And I would say life after baby in marriage is just hard, you know, like yeah. you, you're so focused on this little thing and then you enter into these toddler ages where there's like real parenting that has to happen, you know, of like, Mm -hmm. how do we discipline? How do we do this? And it's not like you have time to go on the field, right? It's not like, oh, you know, tomorrow Grayson's going to enter into this, um, tantrum that's going to happen. So how should we handle (laughs) that? Like, no, it doesn't happen. So like sometimes in the middle of handling something, you're like, wait a second, I wouldn't do it like that. Or oof, that's not a good idea. Uh, can we, I don't, that's not the way I want to parent. So you have to go back. And I do think doing something like that, a daily affirmation for yourself and for your significant other can help in those moments of Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm really frustrated because that's not the way I would parent. Or I'm really frustrated because the way you said that, like all those things that come up in parenthood, um, it's good to remember the times before, (laughs) you had that baby, uh, and the decision to, to go into this journey of parenthood together. Yeah. And also why vacations are important. (laughs) You just need to reconnect because you really do. It's like, you're, you're taking care of somebody else now and your relationship really can get lost. Yeah, it really can. I do have one last question. Well, I have a couple last questions. I shouldn't say one last question, (laughs) but you just mentioned this thing. And I remember seeing it on Instagram, your journal that you're coming out with. How do you do it? Like, I know it's hard to say what you do, but I know running a podcast isn't easy. Um, even if moms are coming to you being like, I want to be on, like there's still, it takes time. It takes editing. Mm -hmm. Now you're writing this journal. You've already written ebook. You do a YouTube channel. You put out videos all the time. Like how do you do it? Like what is your secret sauce to get this all done? caffeine literally (laughs) like I'm not even kidding um I drink a lot of coffee and my husband really does help a lot so I take advantage of the time when he's home too um so I do a lot on the weekends which I do a lot weekend mornings because I want to make sure that I also have time to hang out as a family so weekend mornings are kind of like my main working sessions and then I do a lot with Ryan in my arm and like I know a lot of people wouldn't do that because they think that it's a nuisance or like like I can't do that because I have my baby or my child but I just say fuck it and I'm like if you know what if you don't want to watch my YouTube video with a kid screaming from now you know time again like then don't watch it I don't care yeah exactly (laughs) it's the only way I can get things done yeah. Um, so yeah. And I, and like I said, I have a lot of family close by, so, um, they babysit every now and then. And, um, I just don't take things too seriously either. I'm very purpose driven and I'm not all that like money driven. So like if things flop, I just don't care. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you're obviously following your passion. I do. Yeah. I do think what you're talking about is like a lot of times it's easy for us to have all these excuses of like why we can't do things. And it's easy as moms because we literally have them in front of us all day long. Like we could just blame mm -hmm. it on the baby. Like mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't. But clearly I think what you're doing is you're just saying I can and you're just doing it. Like you're just figuring yeah. out a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't wait. That's like my thing when people reach out and they're like, how did you, like, I just did a YouTube video of like how to write an ebook and publish it. And I literally just said, start writing, like literally just start writing. Don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, and then figure it out because that's the only way you're actually going to, if you take forever to figure out how to do it, or if you're going to do it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Well, and if you're like me and you need a title to something before you can start, um, it takes a long time. <laughs> Yeah, that's like my biggest holdup. <laughs> Before I started Mama Stories, I was like, "But what would I call it? Like, but what would I call it?" And it so it took me probably even longer because I was like, "No, no, no! I need to find a name." And then one day I was yeah. like, "Oh, I guess it's Moms Telling Stories." Wow, why did I overcomplicate that? <laughs> Just See, and I'm stories. more like, I'm more like, well, I can change the name, so we'll start with this. <laughs> I know. See, I just have a really, for me, it's like names are really big, like titles. So if I ever wrote yeah. a book, which I don't think I ever will, but if I ever did, I would have to have my title of my book before I could start. Like, that's how it would work. I'd have to be like, yeah. no, no, but what am I going to call this book that I haven't written that I don't know what it's going to be about? But what would I call it? What do you think? <laughs> um, all right. Well, Shelly, I feel like I could talk to you all day long. Um, but I do have one last question. Uh, okay. If you've obviously gone through loss, now you have your baby, you're going through the anxiety of having another baby. And on top of all this, you are a true mompreneur doing all these things, uh, following your heart, just trying to better the lives of moms. So I have a question for you, which is what is the one piece of advice that you would want all moms to take away from your episode today? I, this is something that I always say, and I, I don't know how it's perceived. <laughs> I always say, keep your eyes on the prize. And I think that that can go for anything. So if you're struggling to get pregnant, keep your eyes on the prize. If you're struggling with miscarriage, keep your eyes on the prize. If you are, um, you know, in motherhood in general, like struggling on a day-to-day -day basis, just keep your eyes on the prize. Like, what do you want out of life? Just keep going for it. Um, so that's the one thing that I tell anybody in almost any situation is just keep your eyes on the prize. I think that's great. Because there's going to be things that pop up and are going to want to pull you away from that prize, but just keep going for it. Yep. No, I think that's really good. It That looks like something. See, you and I are very similar. It's like a little quote. Like you need, I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm. Keep your eyes on the prize. On the just prize. so I can keep yeah. looking at it. <laughs> um, no, I think that that is so good because there's a lot in our lives that can distract us. There's a lot in mm -hmm. our lives that can deter us or make us feel like it's overwhelming or it's too much. But if you've mm -hmm. got something on your heart that's knocking, like you have to open up the door and just keep going and keep pursuing that for sure. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your time today. 
Uh, I know you're a busy mama. I know you've already done a podcast interview already today. You probably have more. No, you're my last one today. Okay. I gotta go watch the Vi- I gotta go watch the Vikings game. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you can go do that and I will let you enjoy some football. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank I really appreciate you. it. Yeah, and I appreciate everything you're doing. You're making a difference. And I appreciate our friendship that's kind of come out of this too, because it's always nice to find moms who are in a similar boat and just kind of like you know, trying to, trying to make shit happen. Exactly. (laughs) No, I, I'm very thankful as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you loved it. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can get the latest episodes and tell us what you think about it in the reviews and mamas. I love you.